I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time on the show... How can being overweight affect your career? I got dressed up, I did my hair and everything. I was ready for this interview. I got the IM to come meet the interviewer. And then as soon as he sees me, like his face just drops. One of the stereotypes is if you're overweight, you're lazy and you're not smart or you're slow. And that is something I have learned to actively prove people wrong. Being a black woman in a plus-size body, at the time I had long dreadlocks, in front of this white congregation, I was keenly aware of how my body was very different than the other women and the other people in that space. Coming up on The Broad Experience. During the last year or so, I've had several listeners write to me and say, have you thought about a show on being an overweight woman at work? A couple of them told me stories, things that had happened that made them wonder, is my weight damaging my career? I persuaded two of those women to talk to me on tape, and it wasn't easy for them, because as you'll hear, feeling judged is something they grapple with all the time. Amy Lockhart lives in the Midwest. She's in her mid-30s, and for the first part of her working life... I worked for a community newspaper here in Michigan, and I was a photojournalist, and I worked there for almost 10 years before the paper changed hands. And um, when it changed ownerships, pretty much everybody who worked there lost their jobs. And after being out of work for nine months, Amy switched tack and began to work in the corporate world, in cable advertising... She was told there was a lot of room to move around at this company. To me, that sounded like a good place to start. And it hasn't been that easy. (laughs) She's gone for a couple of internal jobs in the last few years, higher level jobs, and hasn't landed either of them. But she found out recently that she came really close to getting one job last year, a communications role in her department, operations. It was a job she really wanted because it would use more of her journalism skills – And she started to wonder, could her weight be part of the reason she isn't moving up? I'm a tall lady. I'm a big lady. I'm 5'9". I'm around 300 pounds. Um, You know, my weight fluctuates here and there, but I'm around that. So I'm around like size 22, 24 American size. Last year when that communications job came up, she did everything most women would the day of an interview. I got um, dressed up, I did my hair and everything. I was ready for this interview. And then um, I got the IM to come meet the interviewer down the hallway. So I'm walking down the hallway and I see him and he waves and he smiles at me. And then as soon as he sees me, like his face just drops. As soon as her whole body came into view, his expression changed, which wasn't a great start. 
She says she was nervous during the interview, especially when she realised just what kind of promotion the job would mean. It was bigger than she thought. But she says the vibe wasn't weird otherwise. So I didn't think that much of it afterwards. I thought when I didn't get the job afterwards, maybe it was like, oh, I did some kind of mistake in my interview or something like that until they made the announcement about who got the job. And I saw they sent out, you know, the corporate pictures. And then I saw her in my office and they moved somebody from out of state into into my state. You know, she had come from a completely different position. She wasn't in operations. She was in sales and she was younger and pretty and thin. And I just thought, oh, of course that makes sense. She's been back and forth on this in her head since then. Maybe the other woman had some kind of skill or experience she lacked. She's just not sure what that is. And when she heard from a colleague recently that she'd almost got that job, it made her wonder all the more. Was her weight the problem? The question keeps niggling at her. This discussion is kind of hard to have uh, in public because there is a lot of fat shaming going on, um, especially on the Internet. Uh, In this day and age, you see it a lot, especially with women who are more vocal about being comfortable with who they are and how they look, which I've always felt fairly confident about that until more recently. Um, I never really thought it would affect me in my job. In my previous job, uh, working as a photojournalist, every Friday night for 10 years, I in the fall time, I was photographing football games and running up and down the football field, and I was meeting everybody in the community, and it never was a problem until now where it's a face-to-face thing, and I'm just trying to figure out why it's, why I'm, what could be some of the issues. Not that I think this is the only reason that's holding me back, but I'm just questioning, is it something that I've been naive to until now? It could be. Various academic studies show there is weight bias in the workplace and that it's worse for women. Overweight people, and women in particular, get paid less than their thinner peers on average. One study from a few years ago had participants look at resumes with pictures attached of obese and normal weight women. They routinely saw the overweight women as deserving of a lower starting salary and having less leadership potential than the others. Amy knows that in some workplaces, the prejudice can be overt. I've had a friend who worked in the cosmetology business, and she actually had, when she went to leave a job that she was unhappy with at a salon, the salon owner got kind of nasty with her, and she said to her to her face, I hired you even though you were fat, and you're leaving me in a lurch. So... It's out there. There, it's it's definitely something I'm starting to think about, and I'm you know I started looking online and reading different articles um, about weight bias and the possibility of that, and reading about hiring. I'm trying to read about what people who do hiring, what they think about. She says one thing she's read is that companies don't want to hire overweight people because they're afraid they'll be ill more often, take more time off work. 
which again surprised her because sickness has never been more of an issue for her than it has for anyone else. Amy says she believes in self-improvement and she's happy to make a few tweaks to her image to satisfy the corporate gods. She dresses more formally now than she ever did when she worked in a newsroom. But she says losing weight, for her, that's a personal decision, not something she feels she should have to do to fit a career path. And for her, weight loss is freighted with baggage. She says to outsiders, maybe it looks like every fat person should just drop the pounds and they'll be better off. But it's not that simple. Once, she lost 70 pounds over a couple of years. But... I was going through a lot. (laughs) You know, they portrayed it in the media like losing weight is this great thing and you're going to feel fantastic and everything's, all your problems are going to go away and you're going to be super happy like you're this new woman. But the catalyst at the beginning of all this was a lot of emotional devastation, really. I had a broken engagement. I lost a very close friend to a drug overdose. I had family members who got very sick, and I wasn't happy, but I was thinner than I had been in probably 10 years, and it sort of psychologically messed with me in terms of my body image as well, because my body was shrinking, um, and I didn't know how to feel or what to think about that. You're supposed to be happy. But I didn't feel that way. I felt more self-conscious about how I looked. I felt more uncomfortable in the skin I was in. I was changing sizes all the time. I didn't know what clothes were going to fit me or what I should buy. And anytime anybody made a remark about my weight loss, it just made me feel very uncomfortable. Sometimes it felt like, like a little stab in the side every time. When someone praises you for losing a lot of weight, you're hearing, I love the new you. But Amy had liked her old self just fine. Did other people not feel the same? It was confusing. Fast forward to today and she's put the weight back on. But during this period of time, I've accomplished a lot of goals for myself. Purchased my first home. I'm in a great relationship that's stable and healthy and happy. It's at work that she's most conscious of her weight these days. She's even careful about what she eats in front of other people. For example, during the holidays, they bring in a lot of food for people. And one day they were making, there was a company that was making fresh donuts for everyone in the lobby. And I thought about it. Everybody was excited and going to get their tree. And then I was like, I passed it up because in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't want to be the fat girl sitting at her desk eating donuts. She says in an open plan office, there are plenty of ways for colleagues to judge. Unlike Amy, my next guest, who we're calling Christine, has always felt self-conscious about her body. There's different struggles that that people have in the workplace, you know, obviously gender, you know, you know, women have to deal with. But I feel like I have an extra one, which is my size that I have to kind of contend with, too. And it really affects, um, you know, how some people perceive me, unfortunately. And sometimes it's 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 negative. She says she's over 300 pounds right now and she seesaws back and forth between fat acceptance and wanting to lose weight to stay healthy. She says she's been overweight since she was four. Other members of her family are as well. 
you know, my mom has the same struggle. Um, and my dad, um, his family also kind of has a tendency to be heavy. So there's definitely some genetic component there and who knows the environment, who knows it's very complicated and it's very hard. And the reason why I asked to be anonymous is like, I find in our culture, people, some people, not all, but some people have this attitude that, well, just eat healthier, like stop eating so much or just, you know, walk more. Like, how can you not get this? This is so easy. But for some people like me, it's just not that easy. I mean, I could, I could, I I could go on about all the stuff I've tried and, and, and it's, it's just really, it's just really frustrating. She's been around co-workers were talking about the outdoor activities they're planning that weekend, hiking, biking, and she suspects they think she never does any exercise. Like, I'm actually a certified yoga instructor, and sometimes you can see this expression of like, oh, what? Christine works in user experience. She's currently at a financial company on the East Coast. She's in her 40s, and like Amy, she wonders how much her appearance has affected her prospects. Have you ever felt like you lost out on something at work because of your weight? Oh, definitely. I, um, it, I People have this perception, and one of the stereotypes is if you're overweight, that you're lazy and you're not smart um, or you're slow. And that is something I have learned to actively prove people wrong. I mean, you know, I went to some really top universities, so... People, I don't think people can ever say I'm dumb, but sometimes I've had people at work accusing me of being slow um, to the point where I feel like I sometimes have to work faster and stay on top of my deadlines even better than other people because I do, I'm, I'm afraid that that perception would happen. And I've had some occasions where I've had performance feedback where people have told me I was slow or I took too long to do things, even though from my understanding that I was doing things just as quickly as other people. And I've had situations, I had one situation where this was about 10, 15 years ago now, where I worked for a consulting firm. And if you know anything about consulting or agencies, you know, they work very, very fast paced, stressful type of job. And the impression that people got in the small agency that I was working slow to the point where they were kind of, I felt like I was being sabotaged, where they were giving me way too much. I was on like five projects at a time. It was too much for, for one person to handle. And the person who was my mentor there, or at least I thought was my mentor, actually sat down with me and said that I should quit my job and go on Weight Watchers or lose weight. Like it was, that's explicitly what she said to me, that, that she was worried about my health and I should do something about it. Mind you, I was at a space where I was riding my bike 30 miles, 50 miles every weekend. So I was pretty healthy, but she felt that she needed to comment and tell me that to get ahead in, in this company, in this industry, you need to be skinnier. So that was just one example. So I had to just leave as soon as I could after that happened, which is what I did. Christine says this stuff can't help but get to you. And that's another problem. She finds herself internalizing some of the stereotypes of being overweight, even as she fights against them in public. She's hampered by this nagging thought that maybe she can't be successful because of her weight. She thought she'd be at director level by now, and she's still a manager. 
I don't know if you have worked at companies that have corporate wellness programs, have you? Yes, I have. Yes. How do you feel about those? I'd love I'd love to hear your thoughts on those because obviously many of those programs, you know, being a healthy weight is a part of what they're trying to sell you on. Right, right. You know, I I how do I feel about those? I you know, it it's I feel okay about those, I guess. I it doesn't feel I I mean it kind of goes back to what I said earlier where it's kind of There is, there is, it's undeniably being a certain weight is, could be a health issue, but you can be a certain, I mean, this is for me, right? Like I know I've hit a point where I know I want to lose some weight, but would be a healthy weight for me was probably way too heavy for a lot of other people. Uh, But I have been in situation, it does make me like feel a little like I, it's not like I've been in a place where somebody said you should be, have a BMI of whatever. I don't even know what the range is that I would have a serious problem with. But to encourage people to exercise and eat healthier, I think that's good for anybody of any size. But it it does feel a little um it does feel a little big brother sometimes. It's it's kind of strange. But I, I do worry like would there be a point where it's like if you know if you've seen there's a lot of companies that if you smoke that you have to pay more for your health insurance if that ever came to pass where the same thing would happen if, you know, you didn't have a BMI within a certain range, that would be a huge issue. I would really wonder if I would want to work for a company like that. For now, she doesn't have to. Coming up in a minute, losing weight means a change in perspective, yours and your colleagues. You've spent so much time where people are looking over your breathlessness and your sweating and your not being able to fit in a chair to what does it mean that you are seen? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's one thing working in an office as an overweight person, but what if your job involves standing up and speaking in front of hundreds of people at least once a week? That's the situation Teresa Thames was in for years, in a body that attracted some comment. Today, Teresa is Associate Dean of Religious Life and the Chapel at Princeton University in New Jersey. But for years before that, she was a minister at a Methodist church in Washington, D.C., There are interesting body politics um, in the church. One, that you are a female body in a male-dominated space. And so for female clergy, there are so many different things you think about. You think about um, your dress and how much it's gripping your body. And if you wear a dress, is there a pocket to put the microphone thing? And so females in that space, that's one thing. Also being an African-American woman in a predominantly white congregation, 
there are different cultural norms around bodies for white people and there are for black people. Overall, this is broad stroke stereotypical um, things that I'm saying to you, but we're used to more curvy bodies and our ways that our bodies are shaped, especially in a place like Washington, D.C., which is very fitness and health friendly um, space to be in. And so being a black woman in a plus size body at the time I had long dreadlocks in front of this white congregation, I was keenly aware of how my body was very different than the other women and the other people in that space. And so were some of the congregation. Somebody slipped a weight loss DVD into her mailbox. And the job comes with a lot of human contact, obviously, and not always the type Teresa welcomed. After church on Sunday. You're shaking hands to people at the door and they feel that they can say things to you. So, you know, people will come in about your earrings or they'll come in about your makeup, but they'll come in about your body. So people say, oh, I can tell that you've lost weight in a way that is like this good for you, about time. And one Sunday, this woman um, commented on my breasts and she's like, your breasts look different today. Um, do you, are you wearing a new bra? And the same face that you just made with your mouth wide open um, is the same face that I made. And in that moment, you don't know what to say because there are lines of people um, walk, you know, trying to shake your hand. She just kept going, kept shaking hands. But she did email that woman, a local professor, afterwards, and the woman apologized. But let's backtrack a bit. Teresa is 37 now. I've always been overweight. I went to Ginny Craig at 14 and I was 250 pounds. Um, I'm in Mississippi, an African-American family where um, we eat all the time. Um, we eat great food, good food. Food is what we celebrate around, what we mourn around. It's, it is a constant. And so I've always struggled with my weight. So when I graduated from high school, I was well over 300 pounds. And when she was a teenager, Teresa was sexually abused. After that, the extra pounds bolstered her in more ways than one. Having extra weight felt like safety to me. I would joke and say that um, you don't find overweight women being kidnapped because the struggle of someone putting you in their car. So um, the, the weight was definitely protective layer and food was comfort. Um, comfort food is a word that we use, but it was definitely therapy and comfort. Still, she says she was confident. She did brilliantly academically. She traveled, went to college and then divinity school. She loved her work as a pastor. But after some years in that job, her home life began to founder. And that was the start of a terrible time. I found myself in a marriage that I needed to get out of. So um, the spring of 2011, I went through a separation and then um, August of 2011, my sister became really ill and she ended up dying in November on my birthday from cryptococcal meningitis. And my sister was a single mother of a boy. A nine-year-old boy Teresa decided to adopt. So overnight, she became a single mother. After that, her ex-husband and her father both died unexpectedly. And during all this, she kept going at her job. She was doing well career-wise but it came at a cost. I was completely overwhelmed. And in the midst of me being overwhelmed, I was also overcompensating. I'm a part about me being a educated black woman is the importance of being competent and proving that I'm competent. And um, a part of proving that I was competent was overcompensating. And I was exhausted. I was literally um, 
457 pounds and doing all of these things in my life, really excelling at my job and raising my kid and mourning and sad and depressed. And I needed a way out. She was morbidly obese, but for a long time, food and prayer remained her sources of comfort. The one thing about being a pastor, that there's always food at church. (laughs) There are always dinners. There's a plethora of food at church. She was trying to cook healthily for her son at home, but she ate on the run a lot. And sometimes... There'd be moments of, like, unbelievable binging because I was stressed about something. Carrying all that weight around made it tough to do her job at times. She remembers doing a baptism. And being completely out of breath because of holding this baby and trying to occupy space and my own body weight and talk and walk and hold a 10-pound baby and do a baptism. She knew her health was in danger, but she was so depressed it was hard to change anything. Then, in 2013, she found out about an organization called Girl Trek. It gets groups of black women walking in their neighborhoods all over the U.S. She'd seen an ad for them on Facebook, and she entered a competition where they asked you to write about someone who inspired you on the health front. After that, one of Girl Trek's founders asked Teresa to read an opening prayer at a walk that was taking place in Washington, D.C. I was like, sure, no big deal. And I did. And I remember going to the event. Two things happened. One, going to the event, and I'm wearing, the, I'm wearing a Girl Trek t-shirt that they gave me that, morning, that day. And it was so tight that I went to my car and actually cut it in a way that it wasn't as constricted. It was so, so tight. Um, and then it was, you. I'm going to do this prayer, um, which was totally in my comfort zone. And then I was like, I'm just going to go to my car and go home. But it was like, no, you need to do this three-mile walk. And I was petrified because I was 457 pounds and I'd lost some weight. I'd lost about 60 pounds. So I was in my higher 300s by then. But doing a three mile walk was full of anxiety for me. And I struggled on that walk. I just remember being in so much pain. But that walk was the beginning of Teresa starting to embrace exercise slowly. She's lost more than 200 pounds. You'll hear more about her and Girl Trek in a future show I'm doing about self-care. How does it feel now being in this workplace in a different body than you had when you were for much of your time at the church in DC? Like what how does it feel different like to be in the workplace in a in because you occupy a different space? I mean both in both ways of the word. Absolutely. You know, Ashley, when you asked me this on the phone last week, it really made me think. And I honestly am not sure if I would have um, shown up for this job in my larger body. My first Sunday preaching at Princeton University Chapel, um, they have a pulpit where you actually have to walk up these stairs to get to the place where you preach. And my first Sunday preaching there I said, if I had not lost weight, I would not have physically been able to get into the pulpit to do my sermons. She's also not sure her name even would have been submitted for the job. I do think that plus-size bodies get passed up a lot. Even when when you asked me that question, I thought about people who are in leadership here on this campus. There are not a lot of plus-size women of any race that that are in leadership here. And so, yeah, (laughs) I, I, I can speculate. But it would have been a different experience for me um, to have this job in a almost 500 pound body. Is it a relief not to have people, presumably, I hope, commenting on your your body and talking about your breasts? 
<laughs> Actually, when you've lost a lot of weight, there's like this body dysmorphia that happens that there are moments that I forget that I'm the size that I am now a lot of times. And when I am here, people only know me at this size. So they don't know that when I see another overweight person, I have so much compassion and I want them to feel seen because a lot of times I would walk into meetings and rooms and um, be treated like the secretary or not seen. It's so funny to me how someone can take up so much space and then be treated like they are not there at all. She says when your physique changes the way hers did. People see you. <laughs> people acknowledge you. And there's a different vulnerability to that. You've spent so much time where people are looking over your breathlessness and your sweating and your not being able to fit in a chair to what does it mean that you are seen? <laughs> um, and in this job, I am seen in a different way. Teresa Thames. Thanks to her, Christine and Amy Lockard for being my guests on this episode. That's the broad experience for this time. As usual, I would love to hear from you. You can post a comment on the show's Facebook page, tweet me at Ashley Milne-Tite, without the hyphen, or email me. And I'll post some links related to this episode at thebroadexperience.com. Are you a subscriber? I really hope so. But if not, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or try the new app Radio Public. It's good for everyone, but especially non-iPhone users like myself. And they provide great support to podcasters as well, which is an indie podcaster I really appreciate. And thanks to those of you who've supported me with a donation since the last show. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.